Hello, and welcome to From Fear to Fire, secrets to overcome fear, embrace your gifts, and achieve success. This is the place where real people share real challenges and where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fire. I am Heather Hansen O'Neill. I am your host. And today's quote is by Dottie Herman. Do not let any obstacles stop you. Where there are obstacles, there are also great opportunities. And today we have a fantastic guest for you today, author Chris Michelle. The Red Chair Experience is his newest book. He is also the founder of CM Consulting sales and business consulting for the home services industry. Chris has over 30 years of sales and management experience. He started very young. He helps small to medium business owners, size business owners increase sales by creating processes, metrics, and key performance indicators, very important. And Chris helps develop business culture and provides big picture views to guide companies. Hey, Chris, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing well, Heather. Thank you. How are you today? I am fantastic. I'm really glad to have you on here. I think this is going to be a, a fantastic conversation. We are going to begin by um, just asking you, what have I missed? I mean, that's a fairly short bio just to jump in. I feel like there's a little more. Do you want to share anything else? Well, there's all kinds of stuff we could unpack, I guess, mm -hmm. right? It's just, it's a matter of how much time do you have? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, here we go. You got 30 minutes. We've got time. Yeah. It's all good. It's all 27 good. minutes. Okay. 27 got it. Minutes. Um, no, I, you know, most of my, most of my career has been in sales. And like you said, I mean, I've been doing this for 30 plus years. I did start at 27. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, and I'm only 39 now. No, um, <laughs> I just actually a couple of weeks ago I celebrated my 56th birthday. So I I have been as as they say around the block. I've worked for the likes of um, Lego Toys, Energizer Battery, uh, you know some of the top companies in the industries that I worked in. I've been very blessed to have those experiences. Mm -hmm. But the last 18 years I really spent in heating and air conditioning, plumbing, electrical, kind of the home services industries, and as a result. I really kind of honed my craft and because of that, I've learned so much and it's, it's really just been this process of continuing to help others to just get better. Right. And, and I learned, I think probably midway through that whole um, HVAC career that I just, it's not about me anymore. Right. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's trying to figure out how do we help other people and, I got that bug and and just continued to run with it. And that was part of the reason for the book. And we'll talk about that later. But mm -hmm. that was really what came out of this whole thing was I'm tired of working for myself. I'm tired of, of being, you know, and working for myself, meaning it's all about me. It's not about me. It's really about other people. Right. And learning that was kind of a huge light bulb moment for me, if you will. You know, I wasn't planning on going down this way, but because you're bringing it up, um, that shift is what uh, these humanity moments that I talk about has, right. has everything to do with that. Was there something that happened or was just a, a slow realization? Like, do you? So, I, I mean, I look at a lot of my career and, and, you know, when you start out in sales, a lot of people get into sales because it's all about me, because, you know, it's, it's a way for us to shine and a way for us to 
be in the spotlight and do those kind of things, right? And and I'm not saying everybody's like that, but a lot of people get into sales for that very reason. I got into sales because I didn't want to go into PR. I didn't want to go into human re- uh, resources. I didn't want to be a speech writer. I learned how to talk in college. I, I graduated with a degree in speech communications. And so this was, you know, somebody mentioned this and I was like, well, sure, I would love to do that. And I just naturally jumped right into that that opportunity. Well, what happened was I was pretty good at picking things up and then I could transfer that information, right? And the transference of information is huge, especially with people. It doesn't matter what your career path is, whether it's sales, whether marketing, uh, you know, human resources, doesn't matter. You get the opportunity to pick up on what other people share. And so there wasn't one particular thing, but what happened over time is I just saw this opportunity to share with others and I kind of hit my stride. I mean, early on in my career, my in my HVAC career, I I kind of I became the number one salesperson. I I did everything that I kind of wanted to do, but then you know there was just it's like there was something just continuing missing, right? And so it was that helping people out, and that just really spoke to me. And and so I think that was I don't know that there was one particular moment, but there was just several things that kind of spoke to me and said here maybe you should go down this road. But you know, what's interesting about that. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll know the answer to that you're going to give me here. But I, I believe that once you make that transition and you do it because there's that something missing, but you're, you're really focusing on that bigger picture that, you know, the other person, something that it comes back and you end up doing even better. Like, did you find that? Well, you know, what's really crazy is um, a lot of, people that I've run into in sales. And I used to think this early on, right? It's all about me. So I have to, I have to work so much harder to make so much more money. There was a, um, a boss who came to me one time and I was the top salesperson and he goes, Hey, uh, I did 1.3 million in sales. He goes, you need to do 1.5. And I said, why? <laughs> and he just looked at me like, what do you mean? Why? I mean, cause it's 1.5, right? Or it was, you know, it was exponentially more. And I said, I don't want to do that because I have to work that much harder. I'll have to work 20% harder to get 20% more income to get 20% more sales. I said, you're approaching it the wrong way. And and I tried to explain to him, you know, we all have different um, gifts and all, all have different buttons, if you will. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's figuring out what the buttons are that work for people to say, Hey, would you like to get more? Because it's prestigious. It's because it means more to you because it's more exposure because it's more blah, blah, blah. Right. So it's learning for me, it was learning those different mm. pieces for different people, yeah. right. To, to help them and, and motivate them the way that they get motivated. Right. So oh. as leaders too often, we look at this and we go, well, I know what motivates people. It's all about money. I, my first management position I did. I was like, why, what do you mean you're not motivated by money? Right. I started trying to, you know, motivate people with money and they were like, I want a day off with pay. Now it's money. That's, that's still money, but it's in a different form, right? It's in a different way. And, and I'll never forget that conversation where the guy was like, I just want a day off with pay. I was like, really? All right. I can do that. Right. And another guy wanted a, he wanted a laptop, right? A personal laptop. Um, but you know, there were different things that came out that people went, well, this speaks to me and this speaks to me and, mm-hmm. you know, in, in finding those things out. So it's all of those things that kind of come along that you go, oh, wow. Yeah. And to your point, there's, you're right. It, it, 
it comes back in a way that we don't expect. I think for for me, it did. Mm-hmm. It comes back in not a monetary way. It comes back in um, a gratitude way. It comes back in a, um, a a fulfillment, right? And that's really what it turned into for me was this whole different level of fulfillment. And what I learned is if I do the work, the money will take care of itself. Yes. And it's really weird how that worked out and how it continues to work out even to this day, right? But when you do the work, that you're supposed to be doing, the money takes care of itself. Mm-hmm. How weird. It is weird, but I, it's, you know, it's lovely. It's yes. absolutely lovely. Oh it's, oh, it's very weird in a good way. It's yeah. a very, cool, very cool weird, yeah. So is there something that drives you, like either drives you to help people or drives you as it relates to sales? Gosh, I, you know, I think a lot of people really want to be the best that they can be. Mm-hmm. And I think that they, some of them just don't know how to do that. I know early in my career, I I didn't know how to do that. And I was afraid to ask. And I think people sometimes are afraid to ask, Mm -hmm. but um, Eleanor Roosevelt, and I'm not going to exactly quote it because I'm going to mess it up. But Eleanor Roosevelt said, we don't have time to experience all that life has to offer, learn through others experience. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I look at what I have to offer in my, in my 30 plus years of sales in business and whatever in life, right? In in 56 years of life, I get the opportunity to share with people if they want to listen, mm-hmm. if they want to hear what I have to say, then I'll share it with them. And you know, that that's the thing that's that's there for me is there are some people that are like, I want to learn, I want to learn, I want to learn. Um, I was at a a charity golf outing this weekend. And I got to meet somebody, never met her before. She's probably 21 years old, right? And we were having a conversation and she goes, ooh, tell me more, right? Tell me more. And it was like, oh, a 21-year-old that wants to learn. Great, I can help, right? And and not in a selfish kind of way, but but in a, you know, asking them the right questions to to learn the things that they want to learn, right? And, and understanding those things that they want to understand mm-hmm. and how can you make the stories relevant to them, right? I mean, that's what it all comes down to. And there's this theme. So when we started talking about like how we motivate our team members, you're looking at them as individuals and figuring out what motivates them. Same thing when you're talking to someone in a, in a networking situation or when you're with your clients, that ability to really listen and figure out, ask the questions that will help them divulge their why. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get to that deeper element of relationship and meaning. And that's what leads to more sales and more referrals and all of that other good stuff. Yeah. Well, and, and helping people there's there's a psychological reason for doing it and it's and I don't think about this but there the psychology behind it is if you give to people they feel the obligation to want to give back to you mm-hmm. and so I don't think about that I don't think oh how can I help Heather so that she can yes. help me right right I I think um and I ask this of a lot of people what can I do to contribute to what you're doing right and and I know I asked you that question when we met before I was like what can I do to contribute to what you're doing and it really catches people off guard because they're like, what do you mean contribute? So we we too often get caught up in this, in this, how can I help you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And when I say how can I help you, that means you have a problem. Uh, At least in my eyes, you have a problem. 
and yeah. I can help you, right? I can, oh, I can yeah. give you answers. Instead, when I say, how can I contribute? It's like, oh, wow, wait a minute. Contribute. That's, di- that's way different than helping me, right? I because there's not a problem, but what are his skill sets? What are his abilities? What are his, what, what are the things that he brings to the table? And so it really kind of shifts the mindset into thinking, how can I contribute? Um, and it's, it's almost collaborative, right? It's almost to the point where, oh, wait a minute. He wants to contribute to what I'm doing. He doesn't want to help me per se, right? Mm. There's but it's it, amazing it what like a leveling me. instead of one being above the other yeah. person. There's a, we're on the same page. We're of the same. Oh, absolutely. And that opens people. I love that shift very, very much. Now you mentioned Eleanor Roosevelt and I, I'm a fan. I use her, like she had the best quotes, right? Just like yeah. the best quotes. So it made, made me think, okay, well, is there someone that you would want to meet that you, that you haven't met yet or someone that you'd want to have a conversation yeah. with? Well, right now, and, and this, this is the first public conversation that I'm having about this. I said this to somebody the other day, cause I was, I've been listening to and following this person and read his books and, and um, it's Malcolm Gladwell. Ah. It's uh, I'm, I'm listening to his revisionist podcasts, right. And um, on Blinkist actually. So I'm not even listening to the full version. I'm listening to the 20 minute version, but um, I'm fascinated by the way he thinks and the way he does things and the way he pursues things. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I would love to be able to sit down and have a conversation with him. Right. I mean, it's just one of those things where you go, Oh man, I'd love to pick his brain. Yeah. But yeah. So so let's send this podcast to Malcolm (laughs) and say, Hey, Malcolm. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's that or get his email and start yeah, talking. Exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that yeah, would work like really well. Let's do this. Um, yeah. Okay. So um, before I get into asking you about your book, because I really want to learn about that, I want to ask you, like, we got to stay in alignment here with the show, right? So sure. do you um, experience or would you like to share something, a, a challenge, a fear, a difficult time that you learned a lesson from that you are really grateful for oh gosh um <laughs> you don't have to be grateful for the thing you can be no 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 I get, it. I get it <laughs> right. it's how do you put the spin on it yeah um well th- I got asked this a lot this weekend and and you and I briefly talked about this um just a few minutes ago so this weekend I got to go to a charity event that was um being held in honor of my brother my brother passed away three years ago and we created this charity golf event because he was really passionate about two um, um, charities there in his local area and where he lived. And so um, we, we've created this um, golf outing in his honor. And so it, reflecting on that, you know, you, when asking the question, what is it that brought me from, you know, that that kind of stood out that brought me from fear to fire, my brother's death, um, because it was a suicide and there was no note, there was no nothing, there was no closure. Right. But there was no real way to kind of, um, bring all this to a head, but that really gave me pause. Right. And three years ago in my life, it was one of those where I kind of went, Oh my, you know, now what am I doing with my life? And I was working in the corporate world and I was doing all these things that I was going through the the motions, right? And I'm doing air quotes, right? But it, I'm, I was going through the motions and I didn't realize it until that point where I was like, oh, this is just, ugh. it made me sick to my stomach. 
realizing that I kind of, um, I'd lost that fire, that passion, that desire to go and, and do these things. And so it, it, he passed away six months later, the pandemic started. I started writing a book. I started my own business 12 months later. Right. I mean, uh, boom, boom. There's just this domino effect, right. That happened. And it's, it's been this amazing journey. And, but that one thing that I'm grateful for was just this wake up call, right. This, just this, um, awareness to be able to say, Hey, wait a minute, what are you doing with your life? Right. What are you pursuing and how are you helping other people? And, and don't get me wrong, the coaching had been going on for years, but it really became this. All right. Now, now I really get to help because Heather says, Hey, I want, I want to work on this, right? I want to get better at this. I want to do this. I want to focus on that. And so that's really the thing that, that kind of pushed me, if you will. Mm -hmm. And did that have something to do with the uh, amazing new book that you have out the red chair experience? It does. It has a little bit to do with it because the chair um, on the cover of the book, Mm -hmm. people can go to the redchairexperience.com they can find it but the the chair itself is my chair and it actually belonged to my first business mentor which was my stepdad and we lost him in 2016 mm -hmm. and then um my mom and I brought that chair over to my brother in 2018 and so it became a place for you know he needed a chair like that and so it was his chair and then it ended up in my hands because my sister-in-law and niece and nephew, they 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 wanted it to be in good hands, but they couldn't have it around the house. It reminded them way too much of him. And so it became my place that I would go and sit and meditate or pray or, you know, do my readings or just really just to sit and, and just be right and to feel feelings. Mm -hmm. And so it became this place of solitude. It became this place of inspiration. It became this place of of just reflection right and so yeah that that yeah, that, that situation yeah that yeah. situation helped propel this and so because of that situation and through different events that were going on in my life right i i'm i'm not a slacker so what happens is is i choose to do everything all at once right mm -hmm. so I got divorced. I moved. I changed jobs. I, uh, you know, my, my grandson was born. My daughter got married. Right. I mean, I'm literally within Man, like three then, years. Yeah, like, just everything. Throw, let's just throw everything in. Because, Bring it on. Yeah. And so, um, because of all those things, the flood of emotions that come with that. And I don't think people understand sometimes the, um, the emotional peace that comes, uh, that, that surrounds you, if you will, from all of this stuff. And like you and I were talking about, I mean, there's this, sometimes we get this emotional hangover, right? And we're just like, what in the world is going on? Yeah. And you just want to go curl up and, and sleep for another two, three days, right? Mm -hmm. And so all of that can bring out a whole lot. And, but that's what I got to learn with writing the book. So yes, my brother's death spurred on the the writing of the book. Mm -hmm. And then it it flowed into, well, this is, it's an experience, right? So the red chair experience it's a place to go and have this opportunity to have an experience, whether it's a red chair, blue chair, doesn't matter. It could be you sitting by the ocean. It could be you sitting um, at your favorite Creek, right? Listening to the water or at a waterfall or, or sitting on a mountaintop, right? Just, it, just soaking it all in and watching a sunset. That's your red chair. That's, and, and that's what 
it's really about is trying to find these individual motivations or inspirations and to help people move from where they are right to a better version of ourselves. I love that so much, Chris. And, you know, I, I want to take a moment, um, to just sit with the emotion word, right? Because we know that it, it is, um, it's an inspirational book and there's reflection and all of that. But one of the things that keeps coming up in our conversations, like a previous conversation, not even earlier here today, but a previous conversation, I remember, and I don't, you know, I don't have exactly the best memory anymore, right? So I've got to write stuff down if I want to remember right. to do it, right? So, but I remember distinctly during that conversation, you saying something like, I learned to feel emotions in a different way, right? Yeah. So, so what does that mean for you? And what would you tell someone out there listening about the power of that? So one of the things that I learned about emotions, there's, there's several things, but um, one of the things I learned about emotions is that emotions are technically only supposed to last 90 seconds. Mm -hmm. And I said, that sounds really, really weird, but we tend to drag it on because of the story that our, our head develops. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this inner voice creates this, this mindset that this is a horrible situation. So we need to drag it out. We need to, you know, and, and so we, we mix up the emotions or the feelings with this horrible experience and don't get me wrong. It's a horrible experience, but we drag it out through our head. Yes. So what I learned is um, the analogy that I use, Heather is emotions are like a shower. When you, when you get in the shower, you put your head underneath the, the shower and the, you feel the water just roll off your head over your ears, over your face, down your, you know, down your chin, onto your chest, over your shoulders, right? But too often what we do is we take these buckets and we stick them right next to our head. And that catches all the emotions and or the feelings and the and the trauma. And we just set these these buckets on our shoulders and we can't feel, we can't figure out why we can't get past these things, right? Why we can't move through these situations. And so there's this emotional bucket that we put on our shoulder that we just kind of hold on to that water that was cascading, those feelings that were cascading over us. And so what I learned is to remove the buckets and to really let the water, the emotion, the feelings literally wash over you and go from your head all the way to your toes and just sit in it and just be present in the moment and being present meaning that you're aware of your situation that you feel the feelings that that it may hurt in your heart it may hurt in your chest and your you know i mean your chest feels like it's getting ready to rip out that's real <laughs> that's okay mm -hmm. but that's part of the emotion right yeah. but what i learned from that is when we allow that to happen we get this this calming or i do i get this calming sense of not fulfillment, but it's complete, right? It's just, oh, okay, that's, that's done for now. And now I can, I can move to the next thing that I need to do, right? Instead of getting caught up and losing a half a day in the emotion of an argument that you had with a spouse or a, you know, a friend or, you know, whatever you, you, you get all caught up in the things that shouldn't be caught up in. 
because you can't let it go because you've got those buckets hanging by your, you know, on your shoulders. Right. And, you know, I love this analogy um, because that allowing that, that accepting of this emotion pouring over you allows you to release it as yeah. opposed to going back to the bucket at three <laughs> o'clock in the morning and kind of revamping what you should have said during that argument. Oh, like, yeah. like we do this for weeks, like oh, absolutely, for, you know, years, right? So yeah. the, the analogy just allows for us to process it so much more effectively. Um, yeah. Very, very good stuff. Very good stuff. Okay. So um, there's so many things, but we're getting to the end of the show here. Right. And I, you know, I need more time. I need more time, <laughs> Chris. Um, okay. So before we end with, you know, your final parting words of wisdom, I've got two more questions. One yeah. is, do you have a dream or a goal that you haven't yet accomplished? And, and you know, are you close? Are you, is it too far off? Or what are you taking? What steps are you taking to get there? Gosh, um, it, this this whole thing with the book has taken on a whole new life, right? And so it's, I, I guess it's it's being able to to number one travel the world like I I really want to. I've I've traveled to certain places, but getting over to Europe and and being able to play golf in Ireland or you know whatever, right? Scotland. Mm -hmm. um, but those th those are a couple of things that I think about was you know being able to maybe speak and and travel and do those things. Um, I'm in the midst of doing a lot of those things, right? I'm, I'm in the midst of the speaking and, and engagements and learning those different things, but I've got to get back and travel. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's probably the biggest thing right now that really kind of sits over me. All right. I'm, I'm going to be checking back in with you to make sure I hold I you accountable you for some of those dreams <laughs> and things. Okay. Absolutely. And then, um, why don't you, I'm sure that there are people who are loved your analogy and loved your, you know, everything that you were talking about that really want to know how to get a hold of the book um, and, you know, maybe how to reach out to you. What would you, you know, what can you share with them about that? Sure. Well, the thing about the book, I mean, you can get it on Amazon. Mm -hmm. uh, you can get a digital copy. Some people really just love the pages. Some people love the digital if you're here in the States um, listening to this, you can you can go to theredchairexperience.com, get a signed copy. I can send you a signed copy. I have just, well, I haven't, I just finished recording the red chair oh. and it's coming out on audio at the uh, end of the year here. So, you know, in the next uh, couple of months, it's going to be available at your favorite audio um, okay. retailer, if you will. Oh, that's awesome. Now I'm, you know, everybody's different. Like I, I'm tactile. I love to turn the pages, um, but I've started to really like the flexibility of the audio, like if I'm traveling. And so that's really nice too. So it gives you, it gives everyone an opportunity and, you know, you know, out there listeners that we will put um, some links on how to get a hold of Chris and how to find the book. So that's nice and easy for you. Just click and find them. All right. It's time, Chris. What are your final parting words of wisdom for us today? Oh gosh. Um, you always, the, you have some really good questions and I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> The, there was a quote that um, and I used it in the book. It's on October 17th. And it's it's a quote from a short story by a guy named um, Peter Shyakovsky. I'm sure I'm blowing his name up wrong, but um, it's called When You Survive This. And I would tell everybody out there, you will survive this. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what's happening in your life, right? There's It's almost a this too shall pass kind of say, saying, but I love the phrase, when you survive this, right? 
because we all get the opportunity to survive it. We all get the opportunity to learn and to grow and, and see the things around us. And that's what I love the most is go and find those experiences and live through them and you'll get on the other side. You'll be okay. I love it. I love it. You know, Chris, I've enjoyed this very much. And I know that it's going to have a lot of meaning and impact for people out there. Those of you listening, if you agree with me, well, make sure to share it with a friend, share the wealth, right? So leave us a review too, if you loved it. We, we really appreciate those. And Chris, thank you again and have a beautiful day. Thank you, Heather. You too.